Okay, all right. You've landed on Island 49. I'm your host, Weston Smith. A very special guest this evening on the island, Mr. Jason Aponte, who has been a, a, a regular for us on the We're Talking Football podcast, but I think this is his first time joining us here on the island. This evening, we're going to talk a little bit about the 49ers draft and, and how we think they fared as fans and, and individuals that try to cover this team as best we possibly can. So we'll We'll go through the picks. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, favorites, not so favorites. How does the team look coming out of the draft and, and, you know, what holes still need to be filled. But as always, appreciate you tuning in right after the intro. Jason, I appreciate your patience. I told you that was going to be a little bit long, but we're, we're proud fire. of that intro. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm proud of you for making that because I would never be able to have the wherewithal to get that done. And it was it was it got me excited. You know, as a viewer, if you're watching, that would have I would have been locked in just based on that. But uh, kudos <laughs> to you, Weston, man. You're a man of many talents. I'm a man of very few talents. I'll tell you how, how long it took an old dog like this to get through that. <laughs> Got the tech acumen of a four-year-old, but you know, nonetheless, we are here. Jason, I know this is a subject matter you've been covering for the last handful of days and throughout the draft, and and thank you for for your coverage, right? And whether it comes to prospects that you're interested in, um, you know, you're you're you speak your truth about every pick that we make. You don't care, and I appreciate that about you. So I'm gonna I'm gonna drag you through the ringer at least one more time here. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the 2023 draft for our San Francisco 49ers. Um, just a recap here. We had 11 picks going in. We made nine of those 11, right? So you have at 87 overall with a move from us, Jair Brown out of Penn State. We'll come back to number 99 in a moment. We'll just leave a little teaser with Mr. Jake Moody. 101, Cameron Latou from at tight end from Alabama. Darrell Luter, um, I was at 155 in round five. Robert Beal Jr., 173 in round five. D. Winters, 216 round six. Braden Willis, 247 round seven. Ronnie Bell, 253 round seven. Um, and Jalen Graham, linebacker out of Purdue, 255 round seven. A lot of late round picks. So quick, quick from you, Jason, just your initial gut reaction after the Let's just call it the two days that we were drafting. Well, no, you know what? All three days of the NFL draft walking away. How do you think the 49ers fared? Um, C plus. Yeah. Um, you know, again, I, I love day two way more than I love day one for obvious reasons, and we're gonna get into that. Um, but as much as I dislike the pick at 99, the pick at 101 kind of bothered me just as much in my opinion. But after that, I feel like the 49ers went back to 49ers business. 
They identify players that they usually do with the traits that they, they enjoy and the athleticism that they like. I was fine with day two. It's just, it's hard for me to not press on, and, and, you know, technically it was day two of the, of the draft, but day one for the 49ers. It's hard for me not to look at you guys and say, well, I love the first pick. I dislike both picks after, but they moved up for a guy that I feel is an impact player and somebody that, that they they really believed in. And I like that. I would rather they be, you know, as John Lynch says, convicted. You know, he's got to he's got to <laughs> use that word a little bit better. Um, I, I feel um, but convicted on a player, even though they were convicted on the pick at 99. It's just they moved up and got a guy who was an impact player. So day one, technically day two was better for me. I mean, was worse for me than it was day two. I felt like they they did a better job at the end of this draft than they did in the beginning, um, especially starting at pick 99. I always try to find opportunities to disagree with some people because I think that makes great discussion. But yep. I can't disagree with you <laughs> in that regard of like day two, round three, whatever you call it, after waiting all that time right for our picks, waiting patiently, watching them go through, thinking that we had the ammunition to do exactly what they did when they picked Brown, slide up to p- specifically target individuals that they think fit the culture of this locker room and not necessarily players of position of need. I think it's an added bonus that I find safety to be a position of need for us. And they went and found, in my opinion, a pretty good one. But after waiting so patiently, you get really excited. Like, okay, we move up. Oh, we still have 99. We didn't even get rid of that in the equation. What are we looking at? And I'm just going to call it what it is. You know, uh, 99 and 101 for me were huge swings and misses. Huge swings and misses. And we can debate and we will debate about like, well, you know, their position. I don't care. You have to do better with those selections based on the fact that you and I, and we know the, this team and leadership watched how rounds one and two unfolded and how their immediate competition improved their roster, in my opinion, right? Like, I just think those three picks should have been about, you needed to walk away out of those three picks with me, two players that could immediately contribute to this team. And you could argue that they did, but not in the equation that you and I are thinking mm-hmm. about. So. What do you love about Brown? Let's let's spend a minute on Brown because we're consensus is in across everybody. Like, love the guy, love the pedigree, love the position, love the fit for this team. You know, is there anything that kind of jumps off the page for you that you think like he's just an immediate fit? Uh, Ball Hawk, um, somebody who is an immediate fit once to Sean Gibson, you know, after one year, this deal, um, Steve Wilkes is going to put him in a position to win. He is a guy with straight line speed in terms of his play speed, not straight line speed to get back. And I think that's something that the 49ers have shown that that isn't necessarily something they target. You know, Tarano Hofanga is somebody who doesn't necessarily have straight line speed to get back, but he's a ball hawk. He's, he has instincts. He can, he's versatile. And, and that's the best part about Jaya is this Jimmy Ward role of safety, maybe slot here and there in certain aspects, the 49ers, remain flexible when it comes to how they can use this young man and they can run three safety sets with him gibson and and hufanga have him down i understand isaiah oliver's here to compete for the slot corner position but this move up this draft pick 
signifies something. Well, two things for me, Weston. One, that's your future at free safety. And I don't like saying free safety is strong safety because with the 49ers and the way that they they roll things and the way that, you know, Steve Wilkes is going to keep a single high safety, all that stuff is moot, right? Yep. But his versatility is what implies that this year he can have an impact immediately. And again, you, you mentioned it. When you think about you have picks 99, 101, 102, right? You think all three of these guys have to be hits yep. because you don't have a first and second round pick. You don't have first and second round picks to mess around with, right? And I understand hit rate vastly drops round round, obviously. Yep. But at the same time, the urgency in those picks and where you select them is probably the biggest issue we have. For me, them showing the fact that, first of all, John Lynch talked about not wanting to move up at all in this draft. Well, Sorry, guys. Sorry for another face. That was a lie. Yeah. Oh, no. Your general manager lies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it was it was good to see them identify someone who was a position of need because I felt the safety was one of those and then go and make sure they got that person because they believe so much in it. I love that. I love that. And on top of his skill set fitting the 49ers, I love the conviction John Lynch, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> I love the conviction in the pick. I love that. Yeah. I listen, I, I, I love the pick. I, I think I think one of the things that is probably not talked about as much is, and, and, and I've seen it out there, the like, he just feels like he's sliding into the Jimmy Ward character, right? Like the versatility of all over the field, but the locker room guy too. Everything about this guy screams leader, right? And screams captain and screams those sort of characteristics and i think sometimes that just doesn't give it there's not enough credit given when you lose vocal leaders on either side of the ball right whether they wear a c or they don't wear a c they're these are they're folks that like garnish attention in the locker room for all the right reasons and i think he fits that and my favorite thing about this pick and i say this all the time in the draft i say teams that are drafting by need only based on where they're picked is a loser's mentality. It's all about good Smith, football Smith. players. And Smith if this is, is your guy, go get your. Now I say this tongue in cheek. No, you say that you say this about this the pick. argument. Yeah, uh -huh. it's the argument against the other picks. Yeah. yeah, but that doesn't count when we talk about special teamers. They don't <laughs> count, right? Like they don't count. And here's why they don't count. Let's get into it because consensus right. is we love we love Brown, right? And I think yeah. he I, I think, think he plays early. Brown. And I think he plays often in the 2023 mm -hmm. season. Impact player, what we were talking about, mm -hmm. you need to walk away with in these picks. 99, kicker Jake Moody. I'm, I'm going to turn the mic to you in a second because I know I'm going to I'm going to have to turn no, the go, AC no, on no, in my please, house. Please, you, please, you, like, like please. Here's, you here's where it. I'm at. Everybody's go. like, oh, he's the best kicker in the draft. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, who fucking cares? Does that mean he's even a good kicker? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Like, I could be the best kicker in the draft. Does that mean I'm going to have a career? Like, <laughs> like, let's go look at the position trends, right? All the ones that have been the Hall of Famers, the record holders of the position, they ain't taken in the third round, dude. They're not. They're not taken in the third round. And here's 
why I, I know I'm laughing at myself because they're like, you know, the 49ers will sell you on. That was our guy. And we didn't have a pick in the until the fifth round. And he'd be gone in the fourth. Who cares? Go get another guy off the street that can compete. You just got Gonzalez. This is a kicker. You passed on edge depth. And let me tell you why this is a bunch of bullshit and why I get so mad and hot and heavy over this. Keep cooking. Is because there you have people who are like, well, we don't need edge depth. We have Bosa and we have Drake Jackson. Bullshit. <laughs> I don't care. You go find a player. And if he's a diamond in the rough and he fits what you're going to do and he's outperforming Nick Bosa, then get Nick Bosa the fuck off the football field. Right? Like you can never have enough good players at positions that matter. And look, you can make the argument. Well, kicker score more points than anybody. Blah, blah, blah. Don't care. Don't. I literally don't fucking care this regime has now spent a third and a fourth on a kicker and a punter and to me and we've seen this team outside of running backs in the third round develop third fourth and fifth round talent to be starters in the nfl and go sign significant contracts elsewhere do that not what you did like doesn't have to be jake moody if you wanted to draft a kicker cool there's going to be 55 of them that are undrafted free agents and put them out there and line them all up on your fucking pro day and let them kick. You know, like I just, I, you, you can't sell me on this. I don't, dude, honestly, Jason, I'm gonna say this right now. This man can mm-hmm. go into the Hall of Fame and I will die on the hill of that this was a wasted pick. This was a pick flushed down the toilet. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just, I'm no. just gonna say the same thing over and no. over again, but like I'm so, oh, we needed to kick. No, no you don't. No, you don't, dude. I, you don't. <laughs> you don't. First of all, first of all, first of all, let me just say, Wesson, you have, there's nail on the head and then there's what you just said. And you're just, you're just completely, you know, like nailing that. My issue is, is this, um, the fact that I value the kicker position so little, um, in terms of that. And when you look at the history of, drafted kickers there is only one kicker in the history of the nfl draft during this time that has gotten a second contract with that team and that's sebastian janikowski and the idea of a franchise kicker is absolutely fucking stupid it's the (laughs) dumbest thing i've ever heard in my life okay (laughs) justin tucker undrafted jason myers undrafted robbie gold comes to the 49ers which i had an issue with him because he, as a kicker, said, I want to trade. And I just said, how fucking dare you? You don't get to – you're not a football player. You don't get to say that. But whatever, regardless. I will tell you this. I would take Robbie Gold on a one-year deal for $5 million after the CMC restructure than waste this pick on a kicker. When you look at the amount of actual football players – that were on the board, Isaiah McGuire. Oh, wait, an offensive tackle that the 49ers usually covet with his skill set? Blake Freeland is literally a Mike McGlinchey clone. But yet, at 99, this isn't the time to make that sort of pick for a guy who can be adequate in the run game and maybe can develop in the pass pro. This is the time to address your franchise kicker. Everybody always looks at me and they say, Jason, you're overreacting. Jason, you're, you know, you're, you're railing on kickers. Kickers don't fucking matter. 
they don't. And if you are relying on kickers, it's based on late game situations. You're a bad football team. Well, you know what, Kyle Shanahan? If you don't feel good about your kicker, let's say you don't draft a kicker. I'm looking at you, Kyle. Maybe go for it more on fourth fucking down and 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 move the ball and score more touchdowns so you don't have to worry about a kicker being the reason that you don't you don't win or lose games. The other thing is is this whole idea of Jake Moody is well, if I have a kicker who can win a you know kick from 60, you know, that's no. Justin Tucker is the only guy who can do that. He is 3 from 3 of 7 from 50. That's Robbie Gold numbers. Yeah. Robbie Gold was automatic from 49 in. So Jake Moody better be. 49 in, automatic. He misses one kick? Out. I'm on his ass. Get his ass out of here. And and one more thing, Weston, before, like, let's move on to actual football players because I'm tired of belaboring this point. Zane Gonzalez's problem is not making kicks. That's never been his problem. It's been injuries. So what happens if Zane Gonzalez, during this, Camp competition with kickers, which is so important, much more important than figuring out the quarterback position for the San Francisco 49ers at this point. What happens if Zane Gonzalez goes out there and drills 11 out of 11 every single time, doesn't miss, he's a veteran, he's made big kicks in big games. Now what? If you tell me that you're going to cut Jake Moody after taking him at pick 99, I'm even more furious. What I need this to be at pick 99 is I need this to be your guy that goes in the ring of circle, your guy that never leaves the team, your guy that when people think of kickers, they think of Jake Moody. So no pressure, bud. (laughs) But John Lynch and Kyle, what the fuck are you doing? Like, what are you doing at this point? I mean, this is the shit that people lose jobs over, right? Like, yes. honestly, right? Making this type of decision, and and I do, I do too, want to move on. But I have, I know you've talked about no, this subject on, a little on. bit more than keep me. On. I read this article, and somebody, well, first of all, you mentioned how Robbie Gold is money from under forty nine and under in, right? Like, pretty confident that's in the fucking kicker's job description, right? Like, is fifty is where you get the 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 leeway of like. Ah, it was 53 we get it you know Justin what I mean? Tucker's the only one who's automatic from 50 out everybody else is just a crapshoot yeah and and that and so fine you get the leeway here I read this somebody posted this article and I hope I'm not like shitting on somebody who like worked really hard on this but the article was about like how Jake Moody kicks really well he's insanely accurate when the weather is perfect and there's no winds and there's no rain and there's I'm like again isn't that the job description? That's all you do. That's all you do all practice long. Your whole career is you kick the football. And I'm not trying to belittle it. Listen, my man's going to make a better living than you and I are ever going to make, right? Just going out there and kicking the ball and probably not doing well at it as well. But I, I just, I'm floored by this. Like, I like th- that's like the most obvious statement in the world that like he kicks well when the weather's perfect. Like, okay, who doesn't? You know what I mean? Like, you know, I hope so. Yeah, I, exactly. Right. And like, and if that is the silver lining for 99 overall in a draft, in any draft, I don't care where your team is. I don't care if you just won the Super Bowl. You lost with that pick. Like, that's an L all day long. Let's go to another L. 101. <laughs> Cameron Latou. Listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'd listen. 
these guys are in the NFL, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm a Monday morning quarterback. I'm sitting literally in the basement of my house with a Tupac poster behind me. Like yeah, who the hell am I? I get it. Got yeah. A bunch you know, of top figures. Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Like I get it. Like deserving of all of their hard work. Here's, here's my, my thought on this. I love the position being addressed because they need to address the position. I just don't particularly care for the player that they selected. I would have been okay if this was even the kid from South Dakota. Uh, I would have been okay if this was Mallory, your boy, right, from Miami. I'm I'm looking like if you're making a pull on a tight end at 101, that's not like Kincaid in this draft, who, by the way, I don't really love. Um, That's neither here nor they. Not our business. One hit wonders, not our problem, but you know, like, you know how one hit wonders go. Mm -hmm. You and I are old enough to see how all the music world works with one hit wonders. You know, I'm just not, I'm not sold on that. Um, But with Latou, it's just like too much of a project at 101 that doesn't feel like he does anything that we want to ask our tight end one or tight end two to do particularly well. I I don't like, I, I love the, like the tight end needs to be resolved because between you and I, I don't think George Kittle is going to play professional football that much longer. He's got such a bright future outside of the NFL where he can live a long life and make a lot of money that it almost feels like the NFL is a hobby right now for him. Right. So they have to look forward beyond this. And he just, I I don't know, man, am I wrong here? Like, am I like, I just don't, I love the position. Don't love the player. I was blinded by the pick in 99. So when pick 101 comes across, it's just like <laughs> I was on the stream with Andrew and I just was like, yeah, whatever. I got to write about it on, on Niners Nation, whatever. Um, but yeah, I I watched this tight end group and I understood that this team was going to address this position multiple times. And they did nope. in this draft, right? Both times. Okay. Um, I've had a lot of 49er fans tell me, well, if he, he, he can't block then he's not going to be on the team. Well, explain Ross Dwelly. If he can't catch, then he won't be on the team. Well, explain Charlie Warner. (laughs) So that's why this entire time that I have been going through tight ends, I've been looking at guys who are offensive weapons, which is why I love Will Mallory. And I loved him. You can get him later on in the draft. Shout out to the Indianapolis Colts for doing that, by the way. When I looked at Ladu. And I watched him. I looked at a guy that could be had later on in the draft. You know, Steph that I do a show with on, uh, you know, Bully Ball, you know, Steph Sanchez, who does an incredible job drafting, you know, during the draft and everything. She brought up a really good point. If Braden Willis was taken at this spot and Lada was taken later on at that same spot that Willis was, would you be as mad? I don't think I would. No. I really don't think I would. Look, this front office has earned the benefit of the doubt. As long as it has nothing to do with specialists, kickers, punders, like, I don't want to hear that shit. (laughs) They've earned the benefit of the doubt, right, when it comes to identifying their talent, their guys. So, Cameron Lado, 6'4", not very fast. Probably could be a red zone threat. Okay. But... Yeah, again, man, like as much as I rail on pick 99 for the kicker, Isaiah Maguire is on the board. You know, you, you Blake Freeland's on the board. This wasn't the time to address it right now, given the talent on the board. So as much as you guys think that Weston and I are just railing on 
the kicker. It's more about what's on the board. Yep. And when we talk about, because I've written articles on both teams and their draft, when you look at the Seattle Seahawks and the Philadelphia Eagles, they smashed their drafts. I don't care that the Seattle Seahawks took two running backs. I want to laugh at that. I really do want to laugh at that a little bit. But other than that, like you said, Weston, I thought this was a beautiful point. When you draft for need and you don't look at the board and you don't look at what's actually out there in terms of improving your team, I don't want to hear whether this guy can start this year or next year. I don't want to hear that. Jake Moody better start. Cameron Lado better play because these are third-round picks. Yeah. They're third-round picks. These aren't throwaway picks. And for a team that didn't have first and second-round picks, all three of these picks needed to hit. You hit the first one. I love that Brown pick. Love it. Moody better be a guy that they they have a day for later on in Santa Clara, and they put him in the circle. Because if he doesn't, I'm going to absolutely lose it worse. And Ladu needs to be a guy who is more than Ross Dwelly, and I don't even know if he's that. Right now, at this point, when you look at Braden Willis, at least Braden Willis plays H-back, can be a fullback, can play in multiple positions, has been better at run blocking. I feel like I was blinded initially by this pick because of the Jake Moody pick. But this pick bothers me probably more than something that was at least a need. Yeah. San Francisco 49ers, which was kicker. This pick bothers me a little bit more because you should know better. I think in my in my, you know, pop figures sitting behind you know whatever like <laughs> estimation, but I I'm more mad at this pick. I think now that I've had the time to stew on it because it's just yep. like I have to accept pick ninety nine and I understand that whatever. If Jake Moody ends up being Justin Tucker reborn, then who cares? But my goodness, man, you asking Cameron Lauder to, to live up to pick one hundred one? I I think that's almost an impossible task at this yeah. point and i i dislike it so much it's it's funny because i hear you so loud and clear like when they picked ladu i was like oh a player an actual football player like i felt like a little relief you know I, versus like oh we're just gonna like draft wishnowski's replacement or Tabor pepper's replacement uh, here in the in the third round why didn't they just so hold on weston why didn't they address long snapper um, I mean, you've got like 12 kickers, you know, uh, you know, the, the quarterbacks can't stay healthy. It's it's yeah. time to just make sure you insulate yourself over and over, right? Like make sure you get a long snapper that can be there just in case Tabor Pepper gets injured. You got to have three kickers in case Jake Moody and Zane Gonzalez get injured. Um, a, a, every single position deserves insulation except the ones that actually matter. So the 49ers said, hey, we don't want offensive tackle in any of these picks. All these guys are going to be models of health. And we've addressed it with Matt Pryor and John Feliciano. And we're good. We're no, fine. Like, it's yeah. No, it's a perfect world. It's a perfect world, Weston. And we're the ones who are being cynics now in this perfect world, unfortunately. It, it, it's sometimes like, so come on, let's, let's agree on the fact that like, the 49er fan base is can be toxic, right? I'll just I'll say that conservative. Can they? Can no be toxic. way. No, and oh. also the 49ers fan base is great at justifying anything that they do. 
there's this blind belief, right? This blind belief in like you can't say anything bad about it though, Weston. You can't say anything bad about anything that they've done. You getting mad at pick 99 with Jake Moody, you're not a real fan. Um, yeah. go root for the Raiders is what they tell you, or go root for the like yeah. this team has misses, they have misses in the third round, yeah. and now we're about to chalk up Jake Moody and possibly Cameron Ladu as misses. Again in the third round, no. and the the one part that enrages me a little bit is the is the idea that gets thrown at me a bunch on Twitter. Well, the 49ers haven't had good success in the third round. You know they usually cut a running back from the third round. So you're telling me your solution to them missing on the third round is just kick away, pun intended, <laughs> uh, a two. Picks because it's just like, well, they're they're no good there anyway. Right, yeah. Instead of taking actual football players, instead of betting on traits, instead of betting on athleticism, you're telling me I'd rather just take this kicker than try to take a shot on an offensive tackle, an edge player, someone that we can cultivate. That's the part that I'll never be able to wrap my head around Weston. Never. And I'm right there with you, right? And I mentioned this like blind following without questioning like, hey, that's our right as a fan. Fan stands for fanatic. I am, of course, fanatically crazy about him, which means I have fanatically crazy expectations. I grew up watching this team win Super Bowls. I have not seen that in 28 years, right, that they haven't won a Super Bowl. So I... I made a post on Twitter earlier today about like, I wish that I could watch football in the same vein that the majority of this fan base watches football. I can't. And it stems from, I made the absolute mistake, Jason, of posting one of my videos in a Facebook 49ers. Oh no. You thought, you thought was toxic, bro. (laughs) I, the replies of, I don't know what you're talking about. I love every one of our picks. I'm like, all right, here, here's the test. Without Googling, can you actually name all nine picks that they actually made first? Have you, you know what I mean? Them? Like, have you right. even watched it yet? <laughs> no. Dude, wild, no, no, Facebook. I, 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 I don't have a Facebook. I refuse. It feels boomerish. Um, and and you know, and I'm we're an getting, man, and we're, <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. And we're getting to that that age, right? Like you and I are like close. Like I'm 38. Um, we're getting there to that age where we could be considered that. But I refuse. Yeah. I have enough. I have enough toxicity on 49ers Twitter. I, I don't need more. I have. I have enough toxicity on 49ers YouTube and Twitter that I don't need. I don't need any more, man. Like <laughs> I, you should see the thing. The people that watch me lose my shit. Uh, um, the draft reaction of Jake Moody, are uh, like, oh, uh, so now you know better than John and Kyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you know better than John and Kyle. Guess what, guys? They make mistakes all the time. And when those guys become busts, those same people that are talking to me crazy about how I feel about this are the same ones that will literally say, I can't believe they drafted this guy at this pick. It's ridiculous, man. The same people that when I was upset that the 49ers selected Jalen Hurd over Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I know. Scary. Are the same ones... Oh, it, it, this this organization doesn't miss. Go like go with what they they miss. They miss a lot. They miss a lot. They hit a lot, but they miss a lot. The, and listen, it's just 
you know how you hit you hit by winning the super bowl that is what you are measured by this is what this franchise is measured by so you know what 31 teams every single year miss and guess what for 28 years we are one of those 31 teams that misses and here's i love what you just said about like people make like they all make mistakes like none of them are 100 percent right my favorite thing about this draft, and I don't want to give like too much away, um, but like undrafted free agents, Joey Fisher, right? The kid from uh, Shepherd U. Yep. Everybody's talking about, oh, this is a great pickup. Mel Kuyper mentioned, you know, mocked him to the 49ers at 99 overall. And we got him as an undrafted free agent. I'm not here to debate whether he's a great pickup as an undrafted free agent or not. What I'm going to say is to you, hey, why is nobody calling out? Well, that's a load of fucking shit that he drafted. <laughs> expert at 99 and 160 more picks come off the board and he's hold still on. not taken. <laughs> hold on, Weston. And he might not even make the team. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, dude. So uh, so look. This is my problem with the whole third round, you know, I guess discussion, discourse. Yeah. Everybody was like, "Oh, well, I would rather they take a kicker over a running back, whatever." I agree. I think you know, you've had more success, Elijah Mitchell, in the sixth round. You know, you've had more success when it comes to those things. I just, I need you to take chance, take chances on actual football players. Yeah. I don't care that you missed on Joe Williams in the fourth. I don't care that you missed on Jalen Hurd. I saw the vision. I get it. I don't care that you missed on Trey Sermon. And, you know, in the third round, you got Fred Warner. All of those things are on the board to take a kicker and a developmental tight end at the end of this third round feels arrogant. That's the word I'm going to use. 100%. Arrogant. Because you believe everything's going to fall your way. You only needed these players. You aren't trying to insulate your team. And I think the good franchises, the 49ers are one of them. Sure. I think the, the really good franchises realize, yeah, well, we're loaded at tight end, wide receiver, whatever it is, running back, you know, tackles. But that doesn't last forever. And injuries happen. So if you're a team that's a championship team like the San Francisco 49ers, you don't need guys that need to step in immediately. But you not addressing the tackle position because you believe in Colton McKivitz, <laughs> which – I hope, I hope, but then you understanding that Trent Williams has two more years at the most Maybe here, maybe here, it feels like negligence. And it feels like, again, like you said, with kickers, find him at your Trader Joe's, find him off the street. There's a, there's a 42 year old guy that is working at your Walmart that used to kick for his college team back in the day that can drill them from 49 in like anywhere you can find them. Basically a lot of the guys that are big guys in this league are picked up when they're older. Yeah. There are no franchise kickers. <laughs> I, can't keep, I can't keep talking about this, but, <laughs> but yeah, the end of this third round really infuriates me a little bit more uh, than ever. I, I feel like they nailed the rest of the draft though. Weston, I feel like they I, nailed the rest of the draft. I concur on an, Every aspect. Uh, so let's get into that, right? Because yeah. I think, you know, rounds five through seven for us is where they actually picked up ground a little bit. And maybe 
in some capacity outdrafted some of that immediate competition. The problem is, is they had a four round head start on us of who they were drafting to get to here. So we'll just, we'll go quick, right? Like, um, Darrell Luter, right? I, I, I'll admit this, right? I don't, I have not watched a lot of South Alabama tape. Like mm-hmm. I just haven't, right? They're not nationally televised. Um, you know, I wasn't, was he down in Mobile? I wasn't down he in was. Mobile if he was down in Mobile. So I'm sure you got some exposure to him. Like, what do you love? What do you love about the kid outside just being a little bit bigger, super athletic? I mean, you nailed it right there. Like the length, um, the speed, all of those things. He's much more of a zone corner than he is a man um, cover corner. I think the 49ers are going to look at like press a little bit more, but that doesn't necessarily mean man or zone. Like you're going to see him in specific situations where he can get hands on a receiver and everything as well, too. I think the other reason that you address cornerback is after Mooney Ward and D'Amador Lenore, you don't feel great about what's there, right? Like, at this point, and if you don't believe me, don't like don't listen to me. Look at the 49ers. I mean, they literally have used every single outside corner that they can aside from Ambry Thomas. Like, they literally moved Samuel Womack back outside during the Atlanta game when Mooney went out. Um, So they don't feel great about it. But Luter is a guy, again, athletically fits their mold in terms of length, speed, size, can be a special teams guy. I love them addressing this position. I would have thought if you were going to double dip on positions, not only tight end, but double dip on cornerback. My favorite cornerback in this draft went undrafted. He went undrafted. Eli Ricks being undrafted and then being signed by the Philadelphia Eagles is insane to me. How many picks? How many picks did the Eagles make that you were like, I wanted that player for the 49ers? Yeah, I feel like five at least. We have to have a discussion about the way the Eagles drafted, the way Seattle drafted, and did they make up ground for sure? Are they better than the 49ers? We'll have to wait and see. Seattle, Seattle for sure isn't, right? They still have their quarterback. But Philly, for all intents and purposes, filled almost every single need twice over. Keely Ringo at 101, um, Jalen Carter at 90. They they moved up to make sure they they got their hands on him. Steen from Alabama, um, Nolan Smith. My goodness gracious. It's crazy. if you're not looking at the Philadelphia Eagles and saying that they did a great job, then take your 49ers blinders off. Yeah. Again, all of these players can bust. Any player can bust. Jake Moody can bust. By the way, 49ers fans, <laughs> that's the best part about this. Is is I love it. Is the Eagles and the four and the Seahawks draft actual football players? Well, I'm not worried. They gotta they gotta prove it. Yeah. But your team drafted a kicker at 99, and you're good. You're fine yeah. with that because they addressed the need. Uh, here's my favorite. Well, they got Geno Smith. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but you guys are calling us Super Bowl contenders with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So, like, what's the difference? Tell me what the difference is. I don't know. And, I like. And you know when we're I mean? talking like, about the way that they're built, yeah, they they addressed their line. Draymond Jones, Draymond yeah. Jones, who from Denver. Um, you they last draft they they walked away with four starters from their draft. Four, Tariq Woolen. Two tackles, Kobe Bryant and yeah. Kenneth Walker. So five. You got five legit starters from that team. And 
you're sitting here acting like the Seattle Seahawks didn't improve their team, but you're going to sit here and tell me the 49ers, because of how far away they are from the Seahawks, were fine in kicking away 99, which is a premium top 100 pick on a kicker. It's just, it'll never make sense to me, man. And I love the 49ers. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Jake Moody becomes the greatest of all time. I hope Seattle. I wish nothing but the worst for Seattle. I wish nothing but the worst for Philly. <laughs> Me too. But man, well, we're from, like we're from that part of Jersey. Oh we no, we're close enough. Philly yeah, we're, I, I'm northern New Jersey, so I stay away. By the way, Jair Brown from Trenton, New Jersey. Um, mm-hmm. so also he's definitely conflicted when it comes to those things. But don't don't sit here and tell me about how you don't believe in what Philly and Seattle did and then sit here and look me in the face and say, I'm good with them taking an, a, a kicker at 99 and then a 101 um, a, a developmental tight end. But back to your point about Luter. Luter's a baller. I'm excited about him. I think that's a very good pick. I think the 49ers addressed something that I thought they should have addressed earlier. They could have had Keely Ringo. Whatever. I'm not going to keep, like, harping on it. I'm not. <laughs> Even though I have. That's all I've been doing this entire time. Listen. I get it, dude. I mean, listen, this is, like, what, your eighth show talking about the draft, right? <laughs> like, post, <laughs> post-draft. Um, so, it's funny you said something about Luter. Um, and what you said, not about him, but about the position. I'm a big believer that there is three positions every single draft, every responsible NFL team should address. Corner, edge, quarterback. I believe that you should always be looking at those three positions. Sure. Um, they're To me, they're the make or break it, right? And a lot of people don't talk about corner that way. I'm a former corner like myself, you know, in my fucking heyday, right? Like where white corner, Weston, you, you definitely try to break the mold. Like I love that. Well, I was like your, I was like your Jason Seahorn. Jason Seahorn, let's go. Dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had the long sleeves, dude. I, dude, I was so bad. I, I wore the Dion thing around my neck. Bro, oh, let's Nike go, man. man you definitely, you definitely knew what time old was. man, like bro. It. I'm going to be 40 like in May. Or Based in, on, I haven't seen the tape, but already off of Aura, I you're you're like rising up my draft board just based on that. So here's funny. My coaches used to say, so played a little collegiate ball, a very small amount of collegiate ball um, at Fordham University. My coach used to say, he goes, dude, if you were half as good as you thought you were, you'd be all American. <laughs> Flat out, right? Like, that's what he would say to me. I was like, I'll take that as a compliment, even though I know it's a complete diss that I think I'm better than I really am. Uh-huh. But corner, dude. They make game-breaking mistakes, right? And when you're exposed at that position, and you know what edge means, and you know the quarterback is the most important position in sports, period, point blank. And we've seen the late-round draft people, Mr. Irrelevant, have impacts on season. The GOAT, a sixth-round pick, right? Like, I, I feel like you always have to look at that. So I love addressing Luter. Um I wish they did more of it. They did it more in the undrafted free agent world, but I think that's a position that like you can never have too much depth at. And the truth 100%. is this team doesn't have any, right? Like no. with E-Man gone, you mentioned, hey, let's talk about another third-round washed pick, right, which could be Ambry Thomas, right? Like It just, could be. It is. It is. You know, it's a foregone conclusion unless the man, you know, but listen, what are we going? Year three for him, right? He's going into year three. Yeah. I hope I go to training camp and he turns into that guy. Like, I hope going so. out there. It just, he, yeah, definitely. But he Good wasn't, you, man. he was not that guy last year at all. Like, at all. And, and no. this team doesn't believe in him in that way. All right. Robert Beal. Let me, let me give you my three seconds on Robert. Go Beal. for it. No. And I, and I think I saw a lot of this. Starting with Luter, 
and through at least the next three picks was plus traits, right? Size, speed, athletic ability. But to me, project like the only thing that I that I remember about Beal, admittedly, was uh, against was it against Michigan? No. Yeah. Yeah, in the sem in the semifinals, right? Uh, of the when he had the, the wait, you're the, talking about D Winters. No, so then no with Beal, he had the strip sack. Who they play in the semifinal? Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Not Michigan, because D D Winters went to Michigan. Uh, did D Winters went to Georgia? No, D Winters went to TCU. So TCU uh, Beal went play- to Georgia. Yeah, so TCU played. Michigan and he has that interception in that game in the same thing. The pick um, six is yeah, what Winters mm-hmm. had. Yeah, yeah. Um Beal had a strip about- sack. Mm-hmm. I guess it was against and, Ohio and, State. Yep. Ohio State. Yeah. So I'd like I remember that play. I don't remember a lot, you know, but I know that like Kirby Smart's talked highly about him. I know when you look at 6'4", 247 and a four four eight forty at the edge, you can't help help but salivate, you know. So but I feel like this is what I'm talking about in the fifth round because this team does have a history of grooming late round prospects is get me the plus side attributes, yeah. characteristics of an individual. And I, and I feel like, you know, I mean, I, I hate to drink the Kool-Aid here, but like, I'm kind of intrigued to see Chris Kasser get his hands on this man oh, yeah. and see what comes out of it. You know, all of those things can be applied to the picks that we're frustrated with at 99 and 101. But I will say this about Robert Peel. We found out that we have a new metric in terms of figuring out how good edge rushers are. And it's that GTFO metric. If Chris Kosarek has him with the highest GTFO metric, then I'm going to ride with that. Speed rusher, the guy that you exactly, you know, again, I think a lot of the, the, the shine is off of him because of him being in a rotation in Georgia, right? Like he didn't get to play every single down. But athleticism, everything, first step, burst, immediate, like gets to the quarterback, all that stuff is evident. And I think, again, man, it's it's so crazy how we can talk about fifth-round picks with this level of excitement and then literally be in the third round with two <laughs> premium top 100 picks and just say, I don't know what you're thinking. But again, this front office continues to figure out ways to get guys that fit what they like you know if Chris Kosarek loves it likes it I love it then uh, that's how I feel this one I'm not necessarily drinking the Kool-Aid but I am going to trust the 49ers on this because he does fit something that they have been trying to find since 2019 which is a speed rusher opposite of Nick Bosa he fits that immediately especially now in a rotation where he can develop year after year I love this pick love it so here's Here's what I love the most about Beal, right, is I think the misconception around edge rushers is they have to get to the quarterback in the form of sacks. Mm. They don't. They just have to apply pressure. They just have to get that ball out quicker, eliminate big play opportunities for quarterbacks where they hold on to for four and a half, five seconds to air that hoe out all the way down the field, right? Like Shout out to they, Croc. Yeah, that's true. I, I guess I've been listening too much crack. No, here. no. I mean, like, hey, look, air, air that hoe out and, and or kick that hoe. That's that's all crack stuff, man. I, I appreciate well, crocs it, out man. there kicking it. field goals in in crocs. Hey, <laughs> I, I would take I would take crock as a free agent than than spending ninety nine on Moody every single day. 
Hey, shout out to Croc. I draft you at like 158, but you ain't getting off <laughs> no, the board at 99. Make sure guy. you cut this and put it on, put it on, put it on Twitter or whatever, so we can add him about it. <laughs> but I, just get to get to the get to the quarterback, right? Just get like that's all you have to do is create pressure. And in a still Steve Wilkes defense, you mentioned with Luter, they're gonna press. They could press a little bit more, and that doesn't mean man coverage. They'll probably still sit in a zone behind it. And where are those defensive backs' eyes going to be? They're going to be in the backfield, and they're going to feel opportunistic with some of these guys in coverage. So I love Beal. Um, I, I mean, I love Beal. I like the Beal pick. I'm not going to say. Here's the pick that I do love outside of Brown. Oh, D. Winters. Yeah. I am all in on this pick. First and foremost, because we develop linebackers well. Secondly, I just have this obsession with off-the-ball guys who fly to the football and have – I can't say elite because this kid's a rookie above average NFL instincts to find the ball carrier and shoot the gap. What is Jason, when you and I were growing up, right? Like whether it was pop Warner or whatever it was, what they always talk about, like football fundamentals. And one of the, for a linebacker is just fill the gap. He doesn't fill the gap. He beats you to the gap. I love this guy. I think he makes the 53 right out of the gate, whether it's a special teams contribution. And honestly, dude, he's going to find his way on the football field some way, somehow. And I, that's a lot of expectation. We talk about Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and we know Wilkes is going to go more nickel than he's going to go three backer. I just feel like he's almost built like another safety, right? Like size attribute, like attributes wise. Mm-hmm. But that 4-4 speed, man, and the way he – just go put on tape. Like, don't have to believe me. Just go watch the tape. The way this man fills a gap and the way he finds the football, I don't think I've ever been as excited as I am right now for a sixth-round draft choice. I think this is the steal for the 49ers. When you go back and look at it, like, this is going to be the guy, and he's going to get a second contract here in, in San Francisco. I just can't help but believe that. When you look at Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, D. Winters, what do all of them have in common? Converted safeties yep. who play fast, who run to the ball. This is he's such a 49er, such <laughs> a niner. Like it's it's easy to be excited about this, especially when the track record is there. Fred Warner is the best in the world. Dre Greenlaw just had his breakout season this past year. And the 49ers identified that again. It's just the more and more we talk about how excited we are about these picks makes me more and more angry about 99 and 101. Know, like, what could have been? What could have been? Oh, my God, Weston. <laughs> what could have this been? Team, this team understands what they want. I love that. That's the reason that they are still the betting favorite in Vegas to win the NFC without a starting quarterback somehow. Why is that? Is that it's because their roster is so good. It's because of what they've built. It's when you look at the traits that D Winters has, you are looking at, and he's like literally a Dre Greenlaw clone. No doubt. Jordan Elliott was the first one to point this out. When you look at his size, stature, everything that he has, his measurables, all of that is Dre Greenlaw, all of it. No. So, are the 49ers looking to replace Drake Greenlaw? No, they, they just extended him. Fred Warner's not going anywhere for a long time. And yes, the 49ers won't be running three linebackers, especially under Steve Wilkes. And because the way the NFL works is you have to have an extra DB on the field now at this point because you can't get caught in base when there's so many pass catchers and, and threats on the field. But my goodness, man, does D. Winters feel like a guy who 
like Aziz Ashair sticks around, continues to, to get a deal until he's unaffordable. But again, that's how good franchises stay good. They uh, understand we're drafting this guy. He'll be good for us for this long. But when he gets out of our price range, unfortunately, we have to walk. And then what do you do? You go back in the draft and, and you draft again. again another guy. So, again, yeah. man, I have to give the 49ers front office kudos for the back end of this draft. Dislike day three, day two um, in that third round. But everything else feels great. All right. So we talked about Braden Willis, right? Like we'd be fine if he was one hundred one versus two fifty three, where he was picked. Mm -hmm. um, we talked to, or two forty seven. We talked about like that H back role, that seventh offensive lineman, right? If you use check is off the field or or whatever it might be, I like the Braden Willis pick. I, I think he's a little bit of a, a sledgehammer in that regard. He's not going to go light it up. He's not going to have thirteen hundred yards receiving anytime soon. So he doesn't. He's not. I think. I think the goal for me, if I was the for how deep this draft class was in tight end, I almost felt like I had to walk in and say, where is my George Kittle esque replacement? Yeah. And I know mm -hmm. easier said than done, right? Like he's a special player. He's a very special player. I understand that. And that's far and few, right? Like he's constantly compared to Kelsey. I could tell you that Kelsey can't block anywhere near what George Kittle can George Kittle can do. And the receiving capabilities are similar. Kelsey's got the edge, but similar. But it you can't just go find and replace Kittle. He like, I mean, dude, what do you catch? 40 balls in college, right? And then has 1,300 yards receiving one year. But I think you had to make the attempt, and I think those bodies and those prototypes were there, and we didn't walk away with either of them. I think he's closer and, and more from the blocking ability, but I, I don't mind it. In the seventh round, 247 overall, like, and you talked about it, right? Like, we would be fine if he was 101 versus like 247. We would have been fine. So, let's move past that. Give me your thoughts because I hope I'm not in the minority around this, but Ronnie Bell. Such a, uh, such a Shanahan receiver. Um, oh. And again, this team, a lot of people will look at this this pick and say, well, they're insulating themselves for the loss of Brandon Ayuk. And I don't think Ronnie Bell is that. I think you're insulating yourself for when Jawan Jennings gets a bag from somewhere else and you can use him in that similar role. He's a guy who's tough at the catch point up top, right? Throw him the ball, third down, can move the chains. He's yards after the catch. This is a Shanahan receiver through and through. Ronnie Bell could be what Dante Pettis was supposed to be for Shanahan. Um, so... Again, the, and if he's not, it's a seventh round pick versus a second round pick. <laughs> and you feel better about that, which is why oh. so many people were like, well, you're saying Blake Freeland is Mike McGlinchey. Yeah, I feel much better about having Blake Freeland at pick 99. Yeah. 101. Then nine. nine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> now you guys are getting it. Yeah. So you take shots on guys that you 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 love their traits and you love their attributes. And Ronnie Bell's one of them. And he kind of fits that 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 same mold. And again. If it doesn't work out, whatever. Who cares? But for the people that are signaling, well, this is them trying to insulate themselves for Brandon Ayuk, I don't think he's that guy. But you're insulating yourself for when someone values what Juwan Jennings does in the run game, thinks that he should have an expanded role on their team, and eventually gets a bag, and then you have Ronnie Bell willing to step in right away. Again, man. 
49ers at the end of this draft. I don't know what it is, man. I think we should just turn them on in the fifth round. I, I think we should just shut them off for the like they should let the yeah. fans pick the first four, <laughs> the first four or five rounds. Yep. We'll pick, and whatever happens, happens. But after that, you guys know what you're doing, and I love this Ronnie Bell pick. I do. I love Ronnie Bell. Uh, I totally agree. Like he, this is not Brandon Ayuk. Like they're not even a similar skill set, in my opinion. Um, what I love about Ronnie Bell is small stature, but plays really big, right? For the wide receiver position. I mean, you're talking about almost a 40 inch vertical leap. This guy goes up and makes catches. And you and I live in an area where we get a lot of Michigan games televised in like yep. prime time spots for us. So mm -hmm. we've watched a lot of Ronnie Bell inadvertently. And I just see production. I see accountability. I see a guy that you can't help but love. And to me, dude, he's a better fit in this offense than Danny Gray is a third round pick in a previous I year. Think so. Especially like he's just pretty as quarterback once. Exactly. 100%. Especially dependent upon the quarterback and where that ball is going to find itself. This guy, I know he didn't play a lot of slot because outside, like he he feels like an NFL slot kind of guy. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. and, and he's got the courage in my guesstimation again with my cool banner behind me and sitting in my basement with my 10, ten day old baby upstairs like ten like he's, and, and so he's just got the ball sack to go across the middle the way that I watched him play football and I think he's I think he's gonna make himself and this is not a 49er homer blinders on like I think this guy's gonna play in the NFL for an extended period of time whether it's on this team or or not eventually I think he's got a he's got a career ahead of him because of production and accountability and you just those people find homes, man. And they sort of Trent Taylor is still in the goddamn NFL, right? Doing the bare minimum. You're gonna tell me Ronnie Bell can't do that as well. It's the same thing with Juwan Jennings, yep. right? Like a lot of people look at that pick and they're just like, whatever. The first year he literally isn't even on the team, and then he becomes a guy that 49er fans fall in love with. Um, this one feels like it's in the same lane. If Ronnie Bell doesn't show up this year, because this is the question I'll ask you, Weston. 53-man roster, six wide receivers. We got Debo. We got Ayuk. You got Jennings. You got McLeod. If Danny Gray doesn't make this roster, this is a huge fail. That's five. Who's the sixth receiver? And Willie Sneed is back as well, too. You know, whatever it is. It's going to be hard. It's an uphill battle for Ronnie Bell to make this roster right now at this point. Tay Martin, other guys on this on this 90-man. But Who can he crack in? the 53? Chris, Chris, the last name's escaping me. Played with, He played in Jacksonville. He played in Kansas City. Chris Conley? Conley. I think Conley makes I – so I, you hit the four, right? So you got Ray Ray, Jawan, Ayuk, and Debo. Debo. Conley for me is five, and I think Ronnie Bell makes it. I think Danny Gray okay. is going to be a disappointment just the way the offense is built, man. Well, I mean, and then again, third-round picks. We don't do again. well. We yeah. flush them down the toilet, apparently. Again, man, I, I just – I would feel far worse about that pick if he does not make the 53. I really would, man. And I I want this, this franchise to take responsibility for the fact that you guys have don't have a big hit rate early on in these damn drafts again don't. turn the draft off for the first three rounds let us pick yeah let us pick we'll pick and then when you get to the fourth fifth sixth seventh draft those guys that you look at that that are, are big guys because you you have found so many diamonds in the rough but you've missed on so much 
and you've continued to miss. Fred Warner is the only third-round pick that is really, I mean, he's the best in the world. Yeah. Mike McGlinchey was very serviceable. I think we can agree on that, right? Like at nine, Brandon Ayuk was a baller, right? Like I, I get that at two. But all the other picks, it's like like Ruben Foster, get lost, Solomon Thomas, go away. Like Jalen Hurd and and all these guys, it's just like, man, what is it about the first few rounds that puts you guys in a spot where you can't make the right decision? But make it four, five, six, seven. Oh, man, you guys are finding all pros. You know, Tyrone Hufanga was in the sixth round, all pro. Like, like what, what is it about the end of the draft that you're better at than the first part? The scouts that you give that you ask to go find these later tier players need a promotion. And I know it's uh, so my former coach is we actually a scout from Houston, Peters, Texas. Right? What's that? We can say it's Adam Peters, right? Yeah, we can say it's Adam Peters. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think John Lynch does much for this organization other than he's a great talking figure. He's great, right? He's the I, media right. loves him. I I love John Lynch because I love I the got person to, and the player. I got I got a chance to speak with him and like he he made Steph do the the Bolsa impression and everything, which man. was fantastic. Man. Yeah, uh, me and John Lynch, <laughs> like we're good, man. We're good in these streets. I'm good on him. Like I I'll never say anything bad about him. And you know how I feel about coach. So, yep. but Adam Peters is probably the guy that deserves a lot of credit. It's just 49er fans have a tough time assigning picks to players um, because we don't know the process. We don't know. Yep. What's the what's the deal with everybody in there, right? Like, there's certain picks that you look at and you're like, like you said, Ronnie Bell, that's Kyle Shanahan, in my All opinion. All in down. my opinion, right? All down. Dante Pettis was Kyle Shanahan. Yep. Um, Brandon Ayu feels like Kyle Shanahan. John Lynch feels like Solomon Thomas. John Lynch feels like I feel like he's the one that's responsible for the Jake Moody one, but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna let him. <laughs> He feels like a Kinlaw pick. Like he felt like a Kinlaw pick as well, yep. too. hundred percent. So, so here's what I think the 49ers are missing. You've seen this where the Cowboys yep. actually have given you behind the scenes look. First of all, when they picked the, the kid of the scout, right? Awesome. Great feel good story, etc. But they showed you when they picked the the D tackle out of Michigan. What that conversation looked. Have you seen this video? What that conversation looked like internally? And you got to see the scout made this pick. The scout literally convinced McCarthy and Jerry Jones that this was the right pick. I want to know what that conversation looks like mm-hmm. in the 49ers locker room or in their war room. You were going to tell me something rounds. about a, a former coach that you had though. Yeah. So for my former coach um, is actually a scout for the Houston Texans nice. <clears throat> and he's been in the league for a little while. He was a, a sideline coach for the Cleveland Browns for a little bit. He's a scout for the Texans. So he, as a scout though, he gets he's like lower tier and i don't mean that knockingly because it's like an awesome position but like he's a lot of like i i'm just how old i am i still call them the one double a schools right the f the fcs schools um d2s d3s and even lower level d1s right like he's not he's not at ohio state michigan scouting on behalf of the houston texans Mm -hmm. but what i'm saying is like and a lot of them tend to be they're they're divided that way caliber of program and they also are divided regionally, right? Like who covers East Coast, who covers West Coast, and how they travel and where they go. And these guys log miles and hours like you couldn't imagine. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying we do so well five and later. Who the fuck is making those picks and responsible for those picks? And let them go scout the big boys, right? Like <laughs> let them go scout the big boys. 
Like, <laughs> if you hit on one with this roster, dude, it's a home run. I'll tell you this much, bro. I you I know how you feel about coach. You know how I feel about coach. I'm a big Kyle guy, but there are fireball offenses in this world, man. You go ahead and you fuck up when you finally get round one and round two back under your arsenal next year. You go ahead and punt those to the curb like you did round three this year. I got to start singing a different tune. Uh, so next year, the good news is, Weston, next year, you and I and all our armchair GMs and, you know, Twitter GMs, we get to go back to scouting blue chip talent. I know. This draft, I feel like I was the most prepared ever. Had to be. Had to because be. I gave away all the first round picks. So I was just yeah. like, this guy's not there. There's no shot. This is why when people are like, why is your draft cut? Yeah, why is your draft crush Elias Ricks and w- Will Mallory? Yeah. Because the 49ers would only be in a position to draft yeah. them. Like, I don't care about those guys. Everybody's like, oh, I want Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta's for the streets. Like, yeah. he never <laughs> was for the 49ers, and the yeah. Lions picked him. Yeah. The Lions traded away an Iowa tight end to draft another Iowa tight end. Tight end you, baby. Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> there was never a chance that he was going to be there. No. But next year, you know, back to the real world. Thank God. Back to the blue chip talent. We can go right back to watching first round talent, you know, having our opinions on that. I miss it so much. I, I really do, to. man. The, like for me, the last time I scouted first round picks was when we all convinced ourselves that Justin Fields was going to be the pick at three. I know. And I know. I miss it, but I'm also excited to not scout quarterbacks in the first round, hopefully. God willing. All right. So we're going to come back to this in one second. I'm being conscious yeah. of the clock. This man, Jason Aponte, has a family, guys. Like, I know you guys. <laughs> I know. You do I, I do. I do. But they're, hopefully they're fucking sleeping when I go back. <laughs> so, I, and I don't mean no disrespect to Jalen Graham skipping over that particular. Pick. No, no. That's a, that's another good linebacker. Same thing. Yes. Fast. Everything. Like, all that, all that stuff that we said about D. Winters. Just say it about Jalen Graham and just say it from a different position. Rinse and repeat from a different school. We feel confident we'll develop, right? Like, that's the way we look at it. Give me one, maybe two, if you're feeling crazy, of the undrafted free agents that you think's got a shot here. Man, I wish it was going to be the guy that was named Jadakiss, but he doesn't want to sign with us, apparently. What was that about, dude? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I was so ready. I I was, like, loading up my my memes with, you know, my instant reactions with Jadakiss. But um, I think it's the running back um, that was the five-star recruit. Um, If I can't remember his name off the top of my head, it's just because. The kid from Marshall? Yes. Um, yeah, I uh, think that's Kalan, somebody who has LeBron, a... LeBron or LeBaron. Le, Le, or LeBron, I think his, yeah. his last name is. I think that's the one that, that kind of stands out to you. Um, almost similar to Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason kicked ass all training camp. And then you, you, I, I kept saying it every single day that I was there. I was like, there's no way this man doesn't make the 53 man roster. Like he feels like one of those guys tired of his price. You're on the clock, buddy. You're on the clock. This is it. Like you're going to get out of here real quick. Like in a moment, like it's clear the 49ers don't care about getting cutting bait on um third on third round picks especially running backs <laughs> um but i would say that that's the one that that i feel like most intrigued about um when you look at the way this 53 man roster is going to be constructed yeah they're loaded at very many spots and i hate the idea of well you can't draft people because they're not going to start okay like you just again like you're missing the opportunity to build your roster but when it comes to undrafted free agents it's hard for me to get excited i thought last year Donovan West signing for 160,000 guaranteed. 
Yeah. I was like, well, I was like, this guy is gonna he's gonna make nope, it. he's in the XFL. I know. Um, so the undrafted free agents have a, a uphill battle. Um but there's I usually would, one who finds it, you know. I would put my I would put my money on the running back. I would yeah. absolutely put my money on the running back because he's a five star recruit and uh Kyle gets the most out of all those guys, and there's sure to be one injury. Uh, but this I mean, is Chris McCaffrey this is where we is, get back to fucking basics, dude. Right. The Chris basics McCaffrey's are, this is 17. what the Shanahan family has built a living doing, right. is bringing up undrafted running backs and right. making them look like superstars. Like, right. finally, I mean, something to me that makes sense again. <laughs> McCaffrey's not going to play 17. No. Elijah Mitchell probably won't play all 17. Jordan Mason is the other guy. Ty Davis Price probably loses his job in training camp. This feels like the spot here for him to take his spot and then Kyle Juszczyk is your fifth running back. So there is a, there is a spot for it. And side of his price, I know you're watching, buddy. You're on the clock. Make it happen. <laughs> yeah, you're man. on the clock. It's a big camp for you, dude. Year two, yeah, man. man. Let's show the growth. You'll have the opportunity, right? Like Kyle's not gun shy about putting the running backs in with, with hot hands. So since I can't be redundant and I don't want to be redundant, if I had to. So to me, it's one of the DBs. It's either the kid from Texas, Jameson. But I'm gonna go with a local kid for us. I'm gonna go with Avery Young out of Rutgers. It's nice. Rutgers, baby, New Brunswick. That's it. It's just because a I golf at that golf course regularly. It's a nice, nice. golf course, and it's public. Believe it or Damn, not, you golf, we got a golf. Weston, let me know, man. Oh, dude, I'm bro. I've told you, I'm out for the next eleven <laughs> weeks on paternity leave. I'll go. You want to go tomorrow? I'll go tomorrow, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm playing Friday, um, but for my brother's birthday. But that being said, do you get out? You get on the links often? No, uh, I uh, when I covered the Super Bowl, my brother is a big guy, and we went for a full day. Uh, it was me, him, and KP, um, okay. who lives in Arizona. You know, my editor for uh, Niners Nation. Everybody knows. Um, shout out to him. Yeah, we were out there. I had fun. I mean, you, you're fun. literally in a golf cart. You're just hitting the ball, and you're, you know, he's like, go, go to the club and get more beer. I was like, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. awesome. I was like, this feels great. Listen, everybody sucks at golf, right? Like, it's just, like it's, it's just a matter of like your mentality, right? Like, go out there and be like, "There's far worse things to be doing right now that you could be doing right now." 100%. Beautiful weather, good. Co- you're you never got like if somebody that I don't like was asking me to go- ask me to golf, I wouldn't go, right? So I'm always within company that I enjoy, dude. Totally, we should get out. Um, but yeah. I'm gonna go with Avery Young. Just because we need that that deep that we talked about it, you can never have enough. DBs, man. That's what it's come down. One's gonna go down in camp. It always happens, right? One's gonna struggle. I think what I think Steve Wilkes is gonna like this guy because he's literally played every position in the defensive backfield before. I just think there he's just one of those guys that could be sneaky, a little bit of a dog, right? A little bit of a chip on your shoulder. Like these guys don't like going undrafted, right? They're hoping they hear their name get called and let's see if my man can make his mark. Well, slow hanging. Tell him Weston. Tell him Weston. Embry Thomas. You're on the clock, buddy. You're on the clock, yeah, bro. You're on the clock. You, oh, you've no, been buddy. on the clock since you've been drafted, dude. That's just all, the way all third round picks. Yeah. You're on the clock. All right. One question for you, dude. Two. One, two. No, because you've already answered. By the way, shout out. Loved your SB Nation article. Guys, go read that. It's fantastic. We talked about it. You kind of dropped little subtle hints like throughout about like comparisons of like where the 49ers stand versus the Eagles, um, Seahawks, teams that drafted well. I like you said, you started with they, they had high drive capital though, Weston. Yeah. It doesn't count, man. Yeah, it doesn't count. Yeah, it doesn't count, right? You guys didn't take a kicker, you didn't take Janikowski. In the oh, I don't care, man. It took Seattle took two running backs, and I still far and away love their draft. Like, yeah. I, it's 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 hard. It's again, when you have that many picks and you have high capital, you can kick around, no pun intended, these yep. picks. 
the 49ers didn't have that luxury, but thank you for, for saying for the kind words, Weston. I appreciate you. One last question. Who's starting for the quarter? Who's starting for the 49ers? <laughs> All right. I don't even say the position. You know what I'm talking about. Who's starting? Yeah. Everything that I have learned about the 49ers listening to them at the combine. John Lynch, listening to the players speak. This is Brock Purdy's team. Yeah. If everything went well and Brock Purdy, I mean, you know, the 49ers could have lost the NFC Championship with Brock Purdy playing the entire game. Like, that, that's a possibility. It really is. But if Brock Purdy was healthy and ready to go, there's no doubt in my mind that Trey Lance would have already been traded from this team. This is Brock Purdy's team. Now, if you're asking me who will play in while they're waiting for him because they are ready to wait, this is their entire team, like this is what they built themselves on, then it's Trey Lance. And Weston, I'm glad that we're on this platform where I can curse a little bit. You because know, I've got we some like, fucking we, we loose here. <laughs> I've got some fucking problems, man, with the way that this quarterback position has been evaluated by 49ers fans. So there seems to be a section of 49er fans that have already written Trey Lance's story after four or five starts. And yet, I have watched Sam Darnold be fucking garbage for 55 starts, clearly, right? Like, and only six of them, only six of them at the end of his time with the Panthers, was he even somewhat decent? Yeah. And yet, I hear constantly, I can't wait to see Sam Darnold with these weapons and, and but it's never, I can't wait to see what Trey Lance can do with these weapons and Kyle Shannon. Sample size is now being used as a way to judge Trey Lance in a way not being used to judge Sam Darnold. When my father said this, this is one of my father's favorite things, and 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 I love it because it, it it's it's specific to the quarterback position. When a when a person is trying to show you who they are, let them Pay because back. that's who they are. Yeah. Sam Darnold's garbage has been. And I have a large sample size to speak about. If you believe Trey Lance isn't good or won't be good, that's what your opinion is. But there's no way you're going to convince me after five games that the 49ers should give up on Trey Lance when I've watched 55 games being this close to, to New Jersey. Right, like, like yep. MetLife's right out of my stadium. Right, like, right here. Like, out you of my could house. see it literally from where I you can are. see it from here. <laughs> yeah. I can hear when when someone throws an interception. throws I can a hear. pick. <laughs> I can hear the crowd. I can hear it. There's no way you're going to convince me that you feel way stronger about Sam Darnold's chances and not Trey Lance's. Someone tweeted something today that I felt was the best thing that I've ever seen in a long time. Shout out to my guy Kev. When you have absolute takes about Trey Lance, you are telling on yourself. And that goes both ways. When you say that you think Trey Lance is him and he's the next guy, you're telling on yourself. When you say that after four games you're done with Trey Lance, you're telling on yourself. What's wrong with gathering information on a guy that has not played many games? I have enough information on Sam Darnold. Ju the, the jury came in. 
Judge ruled he's not good. <laughs> but I don't want to hear about what he could do with the 49ers if you can't tell me what you think Trey Lance could do about it. I've had that on my heart for a long time, Weston. He's um, not fucking good. He's no, not good. And, and I don't no. want to hear. Look, oh, my God. The six-game sample size that everybody's talking about. He had five turnovers in those six games. Yeah. And someone said, well, in two games, he had zero turnovers. So wait a minute. In four games, he had five turnovers. Yeah. <laughs> and you're good on that. You're fine. You're fine with that. Dude, these people are delusional, man. Just, They're delusional. Look, it's just my thing is, is, look, man, you can say two things are true. Sam Darnold was in a bad position, had bad coaches, Adam Gase, whatever. Everybody likes to rail on him. It's funny. Yep. We all joke about him. But, man, when you look at the sample size that everyone is looking at for the reason that you're excited about Sam Darnold, it's gross, actually. Yep. Because Ben McAdoo said, we're taking away all your deep shots. I want you to stay intermediate. We're not doing any of that. We're giving you defined reads. And he was decent. He didn't. It's not even like like if this if the six games were 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions, and they won all six games, and like and, oh. okay. Six touchdowns, five turnovers. And yeah. in two of those games, he didn't have any turnovers. That means in four, he had five. Sam Donald's not that guy, and I'm tired of it, man. I'd rather see – give me what I don't know in Trey Lance and what I know in Sam Donald, and stop lying to all of us about what you believe Sam Donald can be now. Only three quarterbacks in the history of this game have been really bad in certain places and then all of a sudden figured Turned it out. It and yeah. Sam Donald, Steve Young. Yeah. Steve Young, he's pretty good. Hall of Famer. Alex Smith. Pretty and Geno Smith. Yeah. Every single other quarterback that was garbage, it remains garbage. So don't point those three of the 175, 800 quarterbacks, whatever yeah. it is, that have been bad. Don't point to me about that and say that that's the reason the 49ers yeah. should give him any sort of shot, man. I just... This is, again, man, Kyle Shanahan just is enamored with his guys, and his guys will get away with whatever it is that they want, man. I'm sorry. All right, I'm done. No, and these become fireball offenses in my opinion, right? Like, you make the wrong decision here. To me, to me, speculation, this whole Sam Darnold shit's for the birds. I can't believe there's people that get paid a shit ton of money to do and talk about this that continue to push this narrative. I'm just being point blank with you. Yep. I don't get paid to do this. I do this as a hobby and out of the kind of – out of, out of to, to feed my own ego right like and i am never going to push that narrative here's what's baffling to me i agree with you i agree that the, if i had to push a slant or a narrative in, in one direction it feels like brock purdy and if and and, and i get that like i i saw with my own two eyes what this team look like at the end of the year and i said there was a threshold right like if he got to a certain point you kind of can't turn back and listen it is what it is it's unexpected but like this is what i say when I mentioned earlier, right? Like if you have a defensive, you know, edge who comes on and all of a sudden is out playing Nick Bosa, well, sorry, Nick Bosa. You know, like you play the guy who's playing and he was playing and he was balling and the team was most importantly, the team was humming. But what I can't for the life of me understand is how this narrative has changed so quickly when literally at the start of last season, they were like, Trey, here's the keys. Here's the keys, bro. 
here are the keys. And you know what? We talk about the four or five games. Jason, honestly, have you seen anything in those four or five games that say he's not the guy? No. And in and, and trading camp, the best way that I can put it, you know, again, bluntly, was he was inconsistent. Yeah. And I think anybody who was there with no agenda, anything like that, would be able to say that. But Maybe. the guy who needed reps was struggling while he was getting reps. This is my problem. The timeline never matched up with Trey Lance, his development, and where this 49ers team was. And Brock Purdy has kind of bailed them out of that. Has bailed them out of that decision. Brock Purdy deserves every single moment to be quarterback one when he's ready to go. You and I are old enough to remember Steve Young. The 49ers have not scored that many 30-point games since Steve Young. That's crazy to think, right? Colin Kaepernick lit the world on fire. You would have thought Jimmy Garoppolo would have had a statue outside of... The Jeff Garcia, T.O. years. Yeah, right. So I understand that. There's nothing that I've seen that I didn't expect from Trey Lance. I expected bumps and bruises. I think this team wasn't ready to deal with the bumps and bruises. And that's their biggest miscalculation when it comes to this. If the 49ers wanted a quarterback-ready guy that was right away ready to go, they didn't have to move up to three. No. He would have been there at 12. No, he would have been. His name is Mac Jones. If you really wanted a guy that was going to be an NFL guy right away, then take the guy that none of us wanted because we knew what he was. And look at what he is. He's a competent NFL starter. Yeah. But nobody wants that. When you're looking to fill the position, the 49ers moved up to three, and I feel it was a bit of a panic move after they whiffed on Brady, whiffed on um, Watson, whiffed on Stafford. When they whiffed on everybody else, they said, we got to go to three. And when they went to three, they made a pick for a guy who needed reps. And when that guy actually needed reps, they pretended to be shocked. And that's the part that I did. None of that jives with me at all. If you weren't ready to go through it, then you shouldn't have drafted him. You could have drafted Mac Jones because there wouldn't have been as many bumps and bruises. And here's the crazy thing, dude, is the same guy who probably was adamant about pulling the trigger on him is the same guy that's losing patience over it and says we can't experience that. Same game. Same guy. It's the same guy, dude. And look, I'm telling you right now, nobody – and, and, you know, I say this knowing that I there's definitely a handful of us. Like, I would love for this to be Trey Lance's team. Me too. I would love for it because that means we invested capital. We got what we we expected in that investment. But at the end of the day, like, I can't ignore what I saw from Brock. Like, dude, I, I'll be the first to admit. I'll eat my crow right now, right? When Jimmy went down against the Dolphins, I, I turned to my wife who's watching the game and I was like, well, there goes the fucking season. Season's <laughs> you over, know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> There goes the and as much as as much as as much as the 49ers wanted to move off Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy Garoppolo being there was like this, like saving grace. Like it was a safety God. net, dude. Right. It was a safety mm-hmm. net. And and you know what you were going to get from him. And the year before said, well, it's good enough for the NFC championship game. Right. Like, hopefully we see some playoff football. I said to my wife, I said, there goes the season. And she, of course, in typical fashion, I love my wife. She's just like, you're the worst fan ever. You know that? Like you have no. And she's now the Always. biggest Brock Purdy fan because she can just 
shove it in my face in every face. time I talk ball. What do you, what, well, hold on, hold on, Weston. I literally went on record, like on Twitter, saying that Brock Purdy had a shitty camp, which he did. I don't care what anybody says. Like, you're not gonna, you're not, you're not gonna make that. Like, there were days where he didn't even get reps. Nate Sudfeld got reps yeah. over him. There weren't days where he got reps. My mistake wasn't talking about what I saw at camp. My mistake was saying this kid is never going to be anything when it comes to the NFL, and that was absolutely wrong. So people throw that back in my face all the time. But you're not wrong, dude. It's, it's I wasn't it's, wrong. It's all relative. <laughs> Yeah. Seventh round pick, Mr. Irrelevant. You shouldn't have got no burn right in the preseason. Listen, I guarantee even Kyle Shanahan, like, yeah, they saw some things in practice, right? Along the way leading up to that. But don't for a fucking second tell me that when Jimmy went down, that he didn't turn around and go in his little headset up to the booth, like, fuck. Well, and and all right, here's your other your other nod, right? They paid Nate Sudfeld money. The only reason Nate Sudfeld got cut. Was Jimmy Garoppolo shows up back again and they bring him back. Yep. And if they were so big on Brock, then get rid of Jimmy. Like you no, don't need him, like, right? Like Jimmy you love back. you exactly. love Brock so much, right? Like it's lies and lies on top of lies. And then when he turned out to be what he was, they could always point back to, oh well, we always loved him. We always loved his. Tra- nah, man. Like that was, was literally. A saving grace, like Superman jumping out of a window, saving Lois Lane after she throws herself out of a window, like that type of thing. And 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 I will not hear anything to the contrary of that. Let's seal this with a chef kiss. All right. All right. Here it is. This ties all the way back to why you don't take a kicker at 99. You take football players who play a position because you don't know. You want to know why I love the NFL, dude? is because there's stories like Brock Purdy on every page you turn to. Don't, I don't like, listen, this is not a knock, right? Like I know you and the guys have had a great time being out in Mobile, uh, being out in Indianapolis for the combine, right? Like this is like all-star stuff that you dreamed of as a kid that you get to go do. And I'm super envious of this, but I would put more stock in Mobile than I do in Indianapolis. You want to know why? Because they put pads on everybody. I had coaches who used to say this all the time. I'd be worried about like the, the incoming year. Like that guy's going to take my position and coaches like, bro, everybody looks good in fucking shorts and t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks good running a four, three 40. What do they look like? You said this about Jair Brown, right? Like he didn't have the fastest t- clock time, but God, when you put the tape on, he sure does move around that football field pretty well and in the big 10. You know what I mean? Like the other thing that I learned, the other thing that I learned real quick in terms of the combine is just that's like interviews. That's it. How, More of that person, stuff is just that's the person. And and when you look at like I'm I'm sitting there watching the drills and you look around, those coaches and GMs they're there for a little bit of it, but they leave. You yeah. know, like those guys are ready to tie one on and go crazy at the nighttime. That's the that's the thing that I learned yeah. more than anything that at the at the combine is that all these guys are just like us. They work. They work and they work, and then let's just go hang out after at, at night or yeah. whatever. And that was the most fun part of the combine. But yeah, the combine is more about the more com- the combine is just about interviews, man. It's it, really just about it, it's rubbing elbows, man. I always say it's shaking hands, kissing babies, right? Like that's, that's what the combine's about. And even for the players, like this is your opportunity to say, like, this is who I am as a human being. This is what I do, and this is what team teams put stock in that. I would put stock in that if I'm a general manager, right? Like, are you a team guy? Or are you not, are you a me guy? Like. Dude, I don't think it's an accident Will Levis's stock dra- drop because of 
what they they view him as a person. You know what actually rubbed me the wrong way about this guy is he didn't even stick around for day two. He went packed it back home and went to Connecticut. I'm like, that's a guy who quits when he doesn't get his way, right? And I'm not. That's just the way I interpret things, of course. right? Like, no, and a lot of people right do. wrong. Like, and and that's where the combine for me. But like, again, to to not miss our chef's kiss opportunity when we talk about somebody like Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, is exactly why you don't kick away. 99 overall or 101 overall because that's an opportunity to get a football player who can contribute right like and if brock's the guy does that not make this team does that not open the window if he comes back because you don't have to sign him for two more years dude right like you're paying this guy you're not paying this guy millions of dollars you're paying him hundreds of thousands of dollars against a 230 million dollar a year payroll you know what i mean like yeah it opens your window um all right, dude. I give. I'm giving you my virtual hug, man. I appreciate no, you. No, man. Look, you're time. absolutely right. Like you're absolutely right. Again, it's a to turn tie it all the way back around. Draft football players. <laughs> Continue to draft football players. Always draft football players, please. Listen, if you want to know how Jason Aponte really feels about kickers, join any one of his fantasy football leagues that he runs. There ain't no I kickers. I, I don't. No, no, and and you know what? Somebody else and like and and I was like literally like trying to make my point to somebody, and I was like, they're literally the last pick in every single fantasy draft because someone was like, this isn't fantasy football. I was like, yeah, it's not fantasy football because they wouldn't be drafted early on. Like, like no one's taking Justin Tucker in the third round. Christ, give me a running back, give me a wide receiver in that round. Like, bro, I don't even draft kickers in my leagues. I go week to week. I like literally me too. The matchup, like if me too. In certain leagues, if I have enough roster spots. What I'll yeah. do is I will draft another wide receiver or running yeah. back and take a flyer on that player, figure out where they are in that week, drop him right before, and then it's yeah. time to pick up a kicker. And then, boom, I will do that week to week. I don't care about that, man. Again, if I can find a kicker who is fantasy relevant five weeks in, if I pick up Nick, Fol- Nick Folk yeah. um, five weeks in from the Patriots, oh, and he was on. not Justin Tucker who was actually drafted, all those guys, yeah. and he's adequate. You look crazy. You spent a pick on a kicker, and I spent a pick on a position player. Yeah. And by the way, when his bye week comes, he's off my team, and he'll never be back. <laughs> like he's <laughs> never be back. I don't even look in the rearview mirror. I'm like, whatever, dude. For that one 20 point game that he'll, any kicker will give you um, throughout the year. But all right, Jason, as always, my friend, I appreciate you. It's great to see you. Great to catch up with you. I appreciate you spending some time here late on the evening. Let's get back to our families. Let's do this again as we get a little closer to the season. We see some more um, free agents maybe come over this way after McCaffrey's uh, restructure opens up a little. I have to imagine there's something there, and it's not Brandon Allen, right? Uh, Like I have to imagine something's there. So real quick, real quick, PFF put out top naming spots for players, and they have Isaiah Wynn as the 49ers' best landing spot. For him. Would you be mad about Isaiah that? Wynn. I wouldn't be mad about. I'm not mad at that at all. I, I I want Justin Houston. I want to edge. But if you're talking about fortifying a tackle position, and you're taking a swing on somebody, yeah, hundred percent. Like like yeah. if Isaiah Wynn brought himself to Santa Clara, I'm I'm good. I'm good with that. Yeah, I'm I'm clear out to whoever's locker needs to be cleared out, and I'll pack his shit for him and write his name on the board. Matt all Pryor, right. you better learn Again, Chinese, I'm buddy. Get out. No, I'm just kidding. 40. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all do me a favor. I know you already know who Jason Aponte is. You're going to get more from the Island 49. We'll have Jason back. 
He's a, he's a he's a good friend. He's a great buddy, and more importantly, he's a great human being. But please like, subscribe, sign up, do whatever you can, support this initiative, go forward. Love to hear from you. But Jason, again, again, my virtual hug, man. Can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Thank you so much for hopping on this evening. You got it, man. Anything for you, Weston. Appreciate you. And shout out to Lou, man. Uh, tell him to trade Justin Herbert to the Niners, and we'll be good. Yeah, I saw that shit, and I was dying laughing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, my biggest knock is this. So Justin Herbert was like, my biggest knock is that he hasn't forced a trade yeah. to the 49 Why haven't you just showed up at 49, 49 Centennial Boulevard at this point and just like, like, here's my bag. I like, want to be my here. Locker? Yeah. Be here. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll catch up soon. That's it. That wraps us up.